how should we design learning experiences that are engaging and relevant? So when I looked at this question and made me think about there's two areas of focus, like what might be engaging and relevant, and mm -hmm. then also the other side of like actually designing for that. So I think my answer would be kind of two parts. As I was processing this, I was thinking, you know, from the design side of it, like how should we design? And it made me think about, as a teacher myself, oftentimes I found myself designing experiences in isolation, um, planning for to meet my students' needs, but, but even though I was part of like a science department, it wasn't that I was necessarily working with colleagues and collaborating to design something that we wanted all of our students to have. Um, and so I think like with that being said, you know, designing in collaboration with, with others who will be working with um, our students together, I think would be would be great. So, so what is adding more voices to that conversation or like adding members to the design team actually do? Sure. Like instead of that single teacher, you know, sort of designing for her students that she knows pretty well, you know, she, she has an understanding of what they need. What is adding folks to that equation actually do? Yeah, I think like um, it would add different perspectives where I might read, if, if I'm, let's say, uh, the science teacher, I may be looking at the, the student through a science-type lens while at the same time like acknowledging maybe what their interests and passions are and kind of understanding if they have a plan. And I think that um, if I was able to design with other teachers who this student is um, engaged with, like for example with the English language arts teacher, with the social studies teacher, with the math teacher, they might all be bringing a different lens on that student that creates a more holistic, like high-definition portrait of them as a learner. And it might also, at the same time, like not just me meeting the needs of that student through a science context, allow for us to be able to design a learning experience that goes across content and that is able to, you know, maybe centered on a project or something where a student's able to develop and show competencies, mm -hmm. um, not just in isolation in, in like a science classroom um, or a math or so on and so forth, but actually like have that that mixed up so that they're learning within the context of something that they're interested in in real life that is actually happening in these different content areas. So like I'm taking it from a secondary like perspective, from, from, know, from secondary, like yeah. departmental kind of mm -hmm. yeah way of thinking of it. How do you feel like the the students should be involved in that process. Well, I definitely think like, so I, I would go back to to the design process, like human-centered design. Um, and thinking about that is the first step in, in just the design process is, is that empathy piece. So myself as a designer, as a teacher who's attempting to design a learning experience for my user, AKA the student, uh, alongside colleagues, hopefully, um, that we're listening to that student's needs. We're asking questions. Um, you know, we get, I'll get data on a student, um, and it might be specific to cognitive abilities and academic achievement, potentially. But what about the other pieces of like intra and interpersonal skills that they might have? What about their interests and their passions? Like, I'd like to find out um, from that student, from my students, like, what, what are they interested in? 
you introduced the idea of a learner profile. Like, what are their learning needs? What, what do they like? And what are hurdles so that it helps me have a higher definition portrait of that student to help me then in creating experiences that will meet their needs because I've got that information. So really, I guess what I'm saying is, is that asking questions and digging deeper with students to be able to create a more meaningful relationship so I can design for learning experiences that meet their needs. Mm -hmm. So you, you said that there were two parts to this, right? That, that one was the design mm -hmm. element. What's the second part? Okay, so the second part was the that are engaging and relevant. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so one thing to design something, but then this, this like, it is this. So that's where I was thinking about um, the, uh, the, the connected learning framework is something that I like to always go back to mm -hmm. because it's a set of design principles um, and, and, uh, and principles around like how people best learn and then while at the same time like being able to use tools to empower um, uh, bringing out the best in our kids and making connections. Mm -hmm. um, it's not necessarily like tool centric, being an ed tech guy like I definitely love tools, but then at the same time though it's bigger than that and it's all meant to create um, you know, an experience that's equitable, social, and participatory for like all students. So when I think about engaging and relevant, I start thinking of these tenants and connected learning. Like, for example, um, how is the experience um, interest-driven for our students? Like, if I'm listening to the students in that that design process, like, am I able to provide opportunities for the student to be able to personalize, to follow their interests and their passions, to be able to engage in learning? that will help it become more relevant to them. While at the same time, there, there is an opportunity gap for many of our students, especially in Aurora, around being able to see the relevance of their learning experience in school and how that might apply to life after school or outside of school. So I would definitely want to see like, how are we creating openly networked experiences um, so that there can be learning that happens like across generations and inside of school and outside of school and kids get exposure um, not just to like maybe the academic core inside of school but also developing 21st century skills and then being able to make connections with partners we might have in the community to be able to see like oh here having these skills can help me maybe solve these problems or to create this thing or to get this kind of a job um, so I think that's really important so using that framework of connected learning to help like create these engaging relevant experiences that idea of openly networked, right? Like you are making the connection sort of for and with kids um, to uh, things that are outside of their lived experience, perhaps, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the, the struggles that, that folks have with, uh, with sort of, well, if it's interest-based, nobody's gonna be interested in math, right? <laughs> and while I get really geeked out about a lot of the things that I use math for, which are statistics and which are, you know, like solving problems. Mm -hmm. I think that, that that question is very open. And so are there other ways in which we can support teachers and leaders in saying, yes, it can be interest-based, but it's also about relevance, or it is it is the the we are making you know, math relevant. We are making the the tough subjects, the, the rigorous work that we're doing relevant. Are there things that teachers can be doing? Is there other than like a framework of connected learning? Sure. What are the what are the really specific tasks or moves that a teacher can make that makes those things that 
I think kids struggle with finding relevancy and, and, and sort of that level of engagement with. Sure, so it makes me think about um, like the academically orientated piece inside of the connected learning framework, um, which is really like creating experiences for our students to um, connect those interests. Like, yeah, sure, we have interest driven. And like you said, maybe a lot of people might gravitate away from math. They might not like that. Um, but to connect interests and also like their social engagement to these academic studies. And I think that's really important is like, what kinds of experiences are they having socially that are reinforcing maybe some of these more like hard skill academic, um, you know, things that we need them to, to learn. I think also with civic engagement um, and also career opportunity, being able to, to take like what's being learned in a classroom, um, if it is math, how might it apply to, um, you know, in this relevant piece, uh, maybe advocacy for, for something for, for people in need, and it's incorporated in that math into it. So I'm imagining like for teachers, how might we support um, being able to leverage like the social engagement that students might have, peer-to-peer -peer supported, also connections to, um, you know, this like the civic engagement, the civic responsibility, real problems that are actually out there in our communities that they might want to solve, and then also link that up to what sorts of careers that exist now that might be opportunities to be able to engage in that as well. So when they leave school, they might want to jump into something mm -hmm. like that. So it's kind of adding like more dimensions to the academic experience of just, we're gonna learn this hard skill, but let's also connect that out to, um, you know, the world around us. Um, I think it's pretty important. It, it's uh, it's almost the difference between sort of being a student versus being a citizen, and and the way in which we are sort of responsible for um, for supporting citizenship essentially within our community, within and sort of uh, solving problems that are going on within the community. You see that as as a as a way of of making you know what are fairly rigorous. I mean like. The problems that are in our community are incredibly rigorous to solve, right? Sure. So if we yeah. can solve some of those problems, that we will have to use those real-world skills and the sort of hard skills that we're learning, the academic skills. And so you see that as as kind of the connection that we can make um, for and and with kids. Yeah, for sure. And I, and it makes me think also that like you know humans are social creatures. Like we we have gotten to where we are evolutionarily speaking on this planet because we build communities and because we're able to communicate effectively with one another and do these, those sorts of things. And so it makes me think about like, are we, how do we support teachers um, in creating learning experiences where we can capitalize on that? Hmm. Especially for adolescents because yeah. the brain is wiring itself to leave the nest and so it's, it's creating you know, we think the teenagers are, you know, they're, they're thinking crazy, but their brain is wired itself to make these social connections so they have a support structure around them when they leave the nest so they can find success once they, they um, you know, move into beyond, you know, beyond home and, and, and school and into life. And so I wonder how do we capitalize on that? And also, like, because we're social creatures, we, we like to get behind something and be part of a team. Mm. We like to be part of a winning team. And so if, if we can work together with a shared purpose, um, both inside of our school, amongst our peers, but also with, with um, others outside of school, and find these, this shared purpose, 
uh, maybe advocating to, to solve certain problems within our immediate social sphere, um, there might be more buy-in, it might create more relevance and be more engaging for students. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think that concept of community, the way in which we um, are members of the community and, and serve our community, I think is, is gonna be really important um, as we try and answer this question. All right, well, I wanna make sure that we have time to have uh, a question from you. And so I'd love to hear a question that you have been asking a lot or, or one that has been sort of eating at you a little bit um, that, that you find yourself just asking or, or trying to answer. Sure, so mine is definitely rooted in, in equity. And you know, I was looking at the slide where it was, what are the barriers? Um, to like what are some three barriers or what are some barriers to equity and I was thinking about that I almost did that one um, but that is that is a uh, question that I grapple with is that um, we we in in Aurora Public Schools I would have to say that that in the division of equity and learning um, I believe we're pretty solid on the, the why of equity like why would we want to create equitable access to technology and learning environments and you know, opportunities to help our kids move forward. I think we, we're all we're all good on that. Um, and and the, the what to a certain extent in the, in the idea of like uh, using a framework of let's say the, uh, the culturally responsive education, you know, six themes inside of that and like being able to learn what those are and, and um, you know, how that kind of fits together to create engaging experiences um, that are rigorous. So my question really is around the how. How does this play out in a classroom? Um, what are the moves that a teacher is making, both maybe collaboratively designing learning experiences with their, um, you know, with their colleagues? Um, what moves are they making, um, both in forming relationships or leveraging technology or or what fill in the blank that leads to equity outcomes for all students? So like, just trying to understand like how how do we do this? How do we take like, you know, this sort of theoretical framework and see that play out in the classroom and be able to study that so that we can begin to capture models that are finding success for uh, that are successful with our students so that we can you know first replicate but then redefine because there's different needs of different people in different environments but to eventually habitualize that so how do we do this what does it look like what are these models and study that that's a big question for me. Absolutely. So not the not the why, not the what, but the how of equity. Mm -hmm. That's really valuable to to keep on asking, and and it kind of brings up um, this idea of how do we also then share the practice. Like if you're if you're cultivating the practice of or equitable practices in your classroom, and you are finding something that is very effective. How are you then sharing that with others, right? Like that's Absolutely. not something we want to hide or, no. or you know, like yeah. keep in a single classroom right. or a single school. Um, do you have ideas about how we disseminate and sort of uh, allow those practices to take hold more district-wide rather than like in pockets and sort of those kinds of things? Sure. Like I've, I've thought about this um, and with, with like the EdTech team and, and others and I think like first and foremost it starts with reflection. So anybody in the system who's like making these moves, and I'm thinking about like techquity right now, and our definition of techquity are a set of practices both of the in the classroom level, the school level, and district level. That when there's you know instructional tools available, we're we're marrying that with our equity work. And so 
if we're going to shake that up, then we've got to ask people to be reflective and to think about like the moves they're making. So through that reflection, I believe, you know, there could be many different means of being able to reflect. I know like you've had a series of videos before your, I, I believe you said your wife cut you off because you're driving and <laughs> catching your reflections like after work and stuff. Um, but you know, being that verbal processor um, that you, you, you are, but I think that that's important though, is that with time to reflect, and so there might be different mediums in which, which uh, teachers would be reflecting on these moves they've made and being able to cite like evidence of success. And so that might be in the form of love video, it might be audio, it might be blog posts, it might be, you know, whatever, personal journal or something like that. But I think it's also helping then to um, foster a culture of sharing mm -hmm. that allows for people to Unlike like my sister who might hide her diary in some place where I'll never find it if I was ever to look for it and I never did that. No, clear. But um, but you know like how how might we help um, ourselves as professionals become open and transparent and and be vulnerable and sharing out you know these reflections and and uh, our approximation because no no one I believe is going to just like step onto the field and like necessarily hit a home run like over and over and over again. I mean, we're approximating this, we're learning this, this is shared inquiry. But that process of that, capturing that um, in different mediums that we that work for us, then I think having some sort of like connected learning ecosystem set up where we're able to, in the digital space, like be able to, you know, take like my, all the stuff that I've kind of been collecting and reflecting and sort of package up some of that and put that out there and have others like take a look at that and maybe give me feedback on it and I do that for peers. Um, but to be able to have like a common place where we can have elevated discourse around this mm. in a safe environment where we're not shaking out non-examples but understanding that hey we're all approximating this, we're all in it together, let's learn together and, and talk about these things. So I definitely think like leveraging like some sort of digital space where we can meet up synchronously and asynchronously and and but it takes a culture shift for many to be able to be vulnerable to put out practice and say this really worked for me and these are the moves I made and this is how it fits in with the six themes of you know a theme and culture relevant education to, to go public like that yeah but right. it takes some time and a culture shift so right well in that shared space right that can look like a lot of different things but mm -hmm. the idea is that it is shared right mm -hmm. and absolutely and, and accessible and accessible, right? Yeah. And so when you are coming together in whatever capacity you have the ability to do, then that is the place where you're sharing and it is that safe space and, and sort of you can be vulnerable in that place. I think that's a really good question to ask and, yeah. and hopefully one that we will answer together. Yeah, so absolutely. I really appreciate your nice. time.